and let his saints say amen. God bless you as you see them. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not supposed to bless you this morning. Hallelujah. I was richly blessed myself. Amen. Because of the new things. Everybody say new things. I like new things. I don't know about you. I like new things. Amen. God is always doing new things. God never repeats. It's man and the devil that repeats. God is always in the business of doing new things. Whenever he thinks about you, he thinks about new things. Amen. In furtherance to what I, I spoke this morning about the power that worked in us, I want to go a little bit further as we in our Christian life to see how much we could allow the power to work in us. What can we do for we to maximize this power that is working in us? What do we need to do? My first Christian verse this morning, this evening, I, I, learned, I mean, no, the, uh, the clock, I moved one hour this, um, last night. Maybe I'm moving to morning again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to 2, it's all about Abraham, our grand-grandfather of faith. And it says, when Abraham was 90 years old, Jehovah appeared to him and said, Abraham, I am the all Mighty God, walk with me and be the perfect. I want to say, walk with me. Walk with me. Then I will perfect all that concerns you. Our Christian life, we must understand for you to, 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 to have a fruitful Christian life, you must understand that it's a walk with God. You need to have that kid tonight. It's not just because I'm a believer. It's not just because I'm a Christian. But I have the understanding today that it's a walk with God. To walk with God is to take Him as our center. And everything of our life is to deny ourselves and follow him so that we may be with him. Our work with God or following God is an exciting journey. 
that is sealed in a covenant relationship. Our work with God begins with a call from Him. Everybody say call. After Adam's sinful fall, God drove Adam away from his presence. In fact, he needed an angel to escort him out with a flaming sword of fire. God meant business. He said, walk him out. And Adam became what? A cast out. That was the condition of man. Through all Adam's children, until the seventh generation, who was Enoch. Adam and all his descendants, Cain, Abel, Seth, Enoch, Canaan, Mahalai, Jared, until Enoch, who was the seventh generation, they were all cast away. That was their spiritual status. But seven means spiritual perfection. When he get to Enoch, God perfected what happened between him and Adam. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. Clap, 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 clap. Jesus, somebody. Enoch was the first human being that did what? Walked with God. And the Bible says that Enoch was raptured because his work with God was counted as righteousness as well. That was perfection. The first time between Adam, when God decided to have a walk with God, was through Enoch. Enoch walked with God. And it was raptured. May you walk well and be raptured in Jesus' name. That's the ultimate, brother. May we walk well. Paul called it running a race. After Enoch, God continued having perfected the relationship. That fall that Adam fell, God perfected it through Enoch and raptured him. Death could not keep Enoch in the grave. He was the first that experienced rapture. God began to call man into a relationship, into a covenant relationship. And the next person God called was Noah. And God called Noah. The Bible says that Noah found grace. Man began to find grace with God after Enoch. Because God has perfected the fall. God said, I cannot deal with man. On a covenant relationship. Noah found grace with God. And he called him into a covenant relationship. Genesis chapter 6 verse 18. And Abraham was the next 
We all know the story of Abraham. God also what? God went to call him. He was an idol worshiper. God called Abraham into a relationship. Clap for Jesus, somebody, wherever you are. But, but Abraham's call after Noah was a, a covenant relationship of righteousness by faith. Because Abraham believed God and it was recorded to him as righteousness. Enoch walked with God, recorded to him as righteousness. But the call of God in the New Testament is an upgraded of God's call to Abraham. It is a better and perfect testament. It is a call through God's salvation, work in Christ. A call to participate in God's, the Father's selection or predestination of those he has elected. It was a perfect calling. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, Paul tried to explain this calling. And Paul said, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called. Everybody say called. From verse 28 to verse 30 of Romans chapter 8, Paul mentioned the word called about three times. According to his purpose, because those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among the many brethren. Verse 13. And whom he predestined, this he also what? Called. There was a call. And those whom he called, he also justified. Paul used the word called, called three times within two verses. Brethren, today you must understand that it's a walk with God. It's not church membership. It's not church belonging. It's not going to church. Who am I? I'm born again in Christ. It's a walk. It's what? It's my personal walk with God. Amen. 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 In Second Timothy chapter one verse eleven, Apostle Paul explained this call. He said it's a holy calling. Second Timothy one eleven. He said, it's a holy calling. It's not a, a normal calling. It's a holy calling. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, Paul said, it's a heavenly call. This call is according to God's selection and election. This call is according to God's purpose, not your purpose. This call is a call to a cross-carrying life. A cross-carrying life. Primarily, this call is to make you to become Christ-like. 
And ultimately, for you to enter the eternal rest of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, Jesus met some brothers who were fishermen. John and James and Peter and Andrew. And he said, follow me. That's a call. That was a call. Christ began to manifest the same call. Follow me is a call. He met John, Peter, and James, a fisherman. He said, follow me, and I will make you. It's the same God speaking. The God that told Abraham, walk with me, and I will make you perfect. He has come now. Say what? Follow me, and I will make you. To make you is to make you perfect. Amen, somebody. The follow me is the calling. To make is to perfect us. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus now made a general call to the people. Jesus made his open invitation, calling the burdened, the hopeless, the lost people of the world. And he said to them, Come to me, all who are heavily burdened and yoked and hopeless, and I will give you rest. It became a general call. Today we are sent to go to the world. To also tell the people to call them to Christ. Amen. That's evangelism. That's soul winning. Are you ready for that? What is the purpose of this calling? First, is to make us to be like Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the firstborn after resurrection of God's family. Secondly, is to make us to partake of the fellowship of the union with Jesus Christ. To be in a covenant relationship with Christ, who is the head of God's family. Thirdly, is for us to enjoy the inheritance and the blessedness in Christ as joint heirs with him. God is calling us into an enjoyment. To enjoy him, to enjoy his inheritance as joint heir with Christ. If you understand this, you will lack no good things. Can I say amen? When you understand that you are a joint heir with Christ, why should you lack? The Bible says all things are yours. All things are yours. Amen, somebody. The process of perfecting us in this journey of our covenant relationship with him is what is called our walk with God. God wants to perfect us. God wants us to perfect us in Jesus Christ as his children. God is expecting you and me to have an eternal rest with him in heaven. But it's a walk, there's a journey. Paul called it a race. But it's a calling to a walk, a calling to a relationship. Because Enoch has first done it, and Christ has come with the upper and more higher grade beneficial um, 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 a testament than what was in the Old Testament. Hallelujah, somebody. Brethren, it is how well we walk with God that we determine 
how much God can work out his predestined purpose in our life. It's not by just belonging to be to, to the religious group or professing I'm a Christian or belonging to any Christian fellowship. It's a personal work with God. When you begin to give account of your work with God, Pastor Goodluck Angela will not be there. You are your own. We all will give account of this work with God. I'm a Christian, yes. What does it mean? I have a work with God. He has called me into a holy calling to have a fellowship with him in a covenant relationship. For all God has predestined to do for you, for all God has proposed to do, to do in your life, depends on your work with him. Depends on your work with him. Why can you walk away when you don't even understand that you are in a walk with him? Abraham, yes. I am the Lord God Almighty. I'm the all sufficient God. Walk with me. Abraham was already 90 years old. God drew his attention. Everybody say, walk with me. How well you work with God will determine what we spoke of this morning. How much the Holy Ghost power can work God's purpose in your life. And how much God can bring to reality the things you desire and ask that you, you, you dream of, that you ask of according to His will. God will give you the grace in this work. Because he's all sufficient God. But you will run your race yourself. God will give you the grace in this work. But you will run your race yourself. You will walk your work yourself. Amen. No husband will work for the wife. No wife will work for the, for, for the husband. No matter how you love yourself, you've got to walk your walk. Am I speaking here this night? <laughs> Pastor Angela will walk his own walk. Good luck will walk his own walk. Hallelujah, somebody. But there are five elements that will enable us to have a worthy walk with God. That's what I want to share with you tonight. There are five elements to enable us to have a worthy work with God. Paul said that we may have a worthy work with God. That we may run our race and run well. That at the end, we can lay claim to the crown of righteousness. To say, yes, I've finished my work. Yes, I can make claim to it. If that is not your position as a Christian, your work is faulty. You can be a Christian by profession and have a faulty work. That will not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. These five elements that will help us to have a fruitful and worthy work with God in Christ is one, faith. Everybody say faith. 
And two is obedience. Three is the knowledge of God. Four, patience. And five, adjustments in life. One, faith. Two, obedience. Three, knowledge of God. Three, patience. And five, adjustments in life. Faith is the platform upon which our relationship with God in Christ is established. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is difficult to be well pleasing to him. Without faith, you can't walk with God. I don't know about your Christian life. Without faith, you can't walk with God. First, God is a spirit. You don't know him. You can't see him. So every business you do with God is based on faith. No, no, I've seen God. God is a spirit. We just believe. We just keep believing. We just keep believing. Am I correct somebody here? So faith itself is the platform upon which our relationship with God in Christ is established. Faith is our conviction about God. About who he is. About his attributes. That God is a good God. That God is sovereign. That God is faithful. That God is good. You don't see him before, but you believe. Amen, somebody. So your level of faith actually affects other elements. Your level of faith will determine how much you can, how much you can obtain from God. All the graces that God gives to you, all your gifts, they operate by faith. You have gift of healing. I have gift of healing. But the difference is how much can you exercise faith with that gift? Determine how much you can get. You are, you are a prophet. God gives you a word of knowledge. You have no faith to even believe what God gives to you to tell people. You are even afraid to even say it. Then you are limited. The more you use faith to apply the grace, the more the, the, the grace is available to you. Clap for Jesus, somebody, wherever you are. Without faith, you can't obey God. You can't obey whom you don't know. Let me explain what that means to you. Abraham never knew God. Abraham has no Bible to read about God. He was a worshiper of the devil. God just went to call him into a walk. Abraham has no prophetic revelation about God. He used to serve a demon, but a superior, a superior being appeared to him and said, I am Jehovah. He never hesitated. He believed. That what pleased God. See, this man doesn't know me, yes, but he believed me. Then he counted that as righteousness for him. Clap for Jesus, somebody, wherever you are. (laughs) 
Is there any Hebrew man here? Are you, is there any Hebrew here? Even the Hebrews don't even believe, believe, believe Jesus Christ. But you believed. That is faith. Jesus was a Jewish man. He's not an African man. He's not an American man. But you believed him. And Paul said, because you believe him, that your belief is sanctified. And God will honor it. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Every level of our work with God will be affected by our measure of faith in God. The extent to which you can work with God to trust Him. We just spoke this morning. The Lord said, I want to move you into a bigger auditorium. How do you receive such promise? Just look at yourself. Where is it coming from? Where is it coming from? The Alpha and Omega. It's coming from Jehovah, Hell Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. How do you, how do you, how do you operate in that work? Faith. Hallelujah, somebody. Every promise that God has given you, you first consume them with faith before they become reality. You first consume them. The Lord says, I will do this for you. You begin to consume it. By faith. Sir, the Lord will be speaking to you recently. will be speaking to you. Giving you words and some revelations about certain things. And he's going to continue to speak to you before the end of the year. Just be taking them down. That means something to you. Yes, sir. He's giving you hearing ears. The Bible says that hearing ears and seeing eyes comes from the Lord. He wants to be, he want, he wants to be unveiling some new things to you. What your eyes have not seen before, what your ears have not heard before, you will soon be hearing them. But please consume them with faith. Amen, somebody. When I started ministry in 2014, I had an encounter. Jesus Christ appeared to me. I was sleeping 9 a.m. in the morning. He woke me up. Say, sit down. I sat down. It's not movie. It's not Hollywood. It's life. What I experienced life. It's not a dream. It's not a vision. He woke me up. And I stood up. He said, take a pen and a paper. He said, take your diary. I still have that diary to today. Sit down. I sat down. For 20 minutes was with me. And he commissioned me today. I call you as a prophet to all nations and a mission evangelist. Take my word to all over the world. 
After I finish, I say, I say, where's the money? Like Peter asked, when he where's the money? And Jesus said, I was a businessman, I was a politician. He said, you have money. I said, yeah, he said, use it. He said, but I tell you, any man that partners with you and support your ministry, I'm going to bless them and bless their children, and I will protect and preserve them. And I've seen God bless so many of my partners. From now we are making them millionaires today. <laughs> you know what happened? I received it with faith. No theological experience, no Bible experience. That's where I am today. I've gone all over the world preaching the gospel. Thousands of people have been saved and healed all over the world today. But when men heard, you know what they asked me? I said, you African man, can you do that? Are you Billy Graham? I said, no. Are you T.L. Osborne? I said, no. I said, are you Benny Hills? I said, no. I'm a, boy, I'm a worried boy from Delta State in Nigeria. They said, you can't do that. You know what you got to do? Just go and open a church and start there. That's man speaking to you. I say, thank you, sir. I say, your master, your savior, and, your, and he who made you, Jesus Christ, has mandated me to go. You can't tell me something different. The same God that called Benny Hill, that called Benny Graham, is the same God that called me, the same Holy Spirit. You consume. Christ was saying, come and start a walk with me. It was faith. If I hear what people were saying, with all humility today, our ministry is the most fastest growing emergency ministry in Africa today. With all humility. But it was faith. Every word promise he gives to you, consume it with faith in the name of Jesus Christ. You may not know how, but he will do it again. I will do it. It's not your business. Just believe. That's what faith does. So your level of faith will determine how far you can walk with God. When God asks you to, 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 to go into the deep, don't be afraid. When God calls some of you into, into missions, you don't want to go into missions. I send you into Ethiopia. You don't want to go to Ethiopia. You like California and New York. Say, oh, there's disease in Africa. When you have Christ in you, no disease can kill you. Faith, ever say faith. As much as you can gain depends on your measure of faith. These are the elements that will help you to appropriate much from the power that worketh inside you. The second is obedience. Obedience is simply doing what God asks you to do, it's simply doing the will of God, doing the things that pleases God. Obedience is the principal objective of the work of grace 
by the Holy Spirit in the hearts of those who are chosen and called by God in Christ. We are to become obedient children, conformed to be like Christ, who was obedient to the Father, always doing His will, even unto death. What is your obedient level? Will determine how much you can work with God. When God says move to the left, you are moving to the right. When God says stand up, you see, you feel like sitting down. So how much can you work with God? So how much can the power that is working in you work out God's purpose and plan when you are disobeying? Brethren, this is where our problems lies. Check your obedience index. The Lord said, what you are doing, don't do it. You remain there. You are doing the same thing. Then you come to church on Sunday. You want to speak in tongues for 40 hours. You are deceiving yourself. Obedience is better than what? Sacrifices. And disobedience is what? It's like the sin of what? Witchcraft. Our work with God will be perfected as we attain perfect obedience through God's sanctification and transforming process in our lives. Those who are repentantly in disobedience to God's will will never manifest properly as sons of God. The third one is the knowledge of God. I will read from Jeremiah chapter 3, 23, Jeremiah chapter 9, 23 and 24, the verses. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. And it says, Let not the wise glory in their wisdom, and let not the mighty man Glory in his strength. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who glories, glory in this, that he know and understand me. Let no one glory that I have words. Let no one glory that I have strength. Let no one boast of his riches. But anyone who wants to boast, he should boast that he knows me and understands me. That I'm long-suffering. I'm a God of justice and righteousness. And I'm constantly doing this on the earth. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 17, Paul said, I pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of him. Everybody say knowledge. Your knowledge of God will determine your level of faith. Your knowledge of God 
will determine your level of obedience. When I see most Christians, most folks, the way they behave today, I find that they don't know God. Because if you know God, the first thing you do, you will fear Him. The first thing to prove you know God is that you watch, you will fear Him. Most Christians don't fear God. Most Christians don't fear God. And why? Because they don't know Him. That's why you serve God in your own terms. You disobey God outrightly until you can bribe Him with prayer and fasting and sowing seeds. Because you don't know Him. Those who are in heaven who know Him, they worship Him, they reverence Him. You don't know who God is. If not for because of grace, in the Old Testament, where you misbehave, you die instantly. That's why Christians, they do the things they like. Because they don't know, they don't know, they don't know how about Father. That this same God that lost you is a consuming fire. If you know God, you fear Him. If you know God, you reverence Him. So your knowledge of God will determine your level of faith. The more you know God, will influence how much you should trust Him and believe Him. The knowledge of God will affect your work with God. We affect every other element. Your level of faith and level of obedience. Hallelujah, somebody. In your Christian maturity, in your work with God, I've been born again for 40 years. That's a 40 years work with God. I've been born again for 20 years. That's a 20 years work with God. Have you matured to a level that Paul said that I may know him? Do you know God? If you have been born again for 30 years, what's your measure of obedience today? What's your measure of faith today? Do you fear Him more now than before? See, my walk with God, that's Christianity. That's all my story I'm telling you today. It's a walk with God. Am I talking this in the day? We know God through three dimensions. One, scriptural knowledge. You open your Bible. Two, revelational knowledge. And thirdly, experiential knowledge. The way you experience God is not the way I'm going to experience God. I have my own testimony. If we, were, if we were want to write our books now, we are going to write our books differently from the way we experience God. Am I correct, somebody here? You write your experience. How is God to you? How is God to me? So we know God from scriptural knowledge, revelational knowledge, and what? Experiential knowledge. Like I said earlier, when God called Abraham, he had none of these three knowledge. He had no scripture to read. No revelation knowledge. He has no experience about Jehovah. 
So Abraham began to have 40 work with God. God met, met Abraham at the age of 75. He, 24 years later, after that encounter, Abraham cried to God, said, God, what is happening? You promised me a child. Where's the child? Abraham was speaking because he had no knowledge of Jehovah. He doesn't know who he is. But he has faith. He believed the first time. Faith and knowledge are not the same thing. Abraham had faith, but he has no knowledge. Something is not wrong. Say, where is that child? Then God said, Abraham, you don't know me. I came to call you. But today I give you my new name. I'm the almighty God. I'm the all-sufficient God. Walk with me as from today and you shall be perfect. We all know the story. And Isaac was, was born. Later, God came again. Give me Isaac. Abraham said, I know you now. You can take Isaac. Clap, 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 clap. Hallelujah! I now know you. Take Isaac. I know you will bring him again. Abraham, I have knowledge of who God is. Your knowledge of God will determine your level of faith. And your level of obedience. If you know who God is, God says, move. You move. If God says, stand up, you stand up. Some years ago, I should be 20, 20, 20, 12, 20, 11 December, I was praying. I said, Lord God, this new year, give me grace to give more. In the new year, 2012, I was December. This new year, I want to give more. Exactly the first day of the new year, the Lord came to me. Say, John, yes. Go and give your pastor 1.5 million naira. I said, what? I'm the one speaking. When it comes to money sometimes, we start having some, about years begin to drink. I said, we don't hear. You say, you say you want to give money. Go and give your pastor 1.5 million naira. I look at my account. That was almost all the money I have there. Your level of knowledge of God will determine your level of faith. I took pen. I wrote 1.5 million naira. Put it in the heaven. I went to the church. My pastor was not there. I gave to the administrator. I left. After a while, he called me. He called my colleague. He said, Evangelist, what happened? I said, bless you, sir. That's for you. And the seventh day, the Lord came again. He said, go and pray for this your spiritual son. But on Sunday, he said, go and pray with him. The seventh day of the same general, within one week, I obeyed. I took my car. I called my spiritual son. I said, are you in the house? He said, yes, I'm at home. I said, after church service, I'm coming to, to pray with you. He said, yeah, thank you, sir. We are, we're very glad to have you. So I drove to his house. I prayed with them. Simple obedience. He said, go and pray with them. I went to pray with them. As I was leaving, he said, sir, wait, let me give you some envelope. Give me an envelope. When I look at it, it was seven million was given to me. <laughs> I gave 1.5. 
I received seven million. That was the highest cash I received personally. And that money I gave to my pastor was the highest I've given to a man of God as well. That's how you walk with God. Simple obedience. And I obey the call because I know him. Everybody say, I know him. Do you know him? You know him. When you say, give this now, you start beginning to calculate your rent, calculate your insurance, calculate your mortgage, calculate this. Because you don't know him. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Your level of knowledge will affect your relationship and work with God. Many of us are still in the level of believer. We are believers. We believe in Christ. But as from today, you have to upgrade yourself to the level of I know him. There are two levels. You can be a believer for 40 years or 60 years as a Christian. You are still there, I'm a believer. No problem. But have you gone to the stage where you say, I know whom I serve? Paul was at that level. Of I believe, say I believed, but now I now know who I served. He upgraded from the level of I believe to I now know whom I serve. And then he said, those who know the God they serve, they shall do what great exploits. Great exploits that you may know Him. In Philippians three eight a. Paul said, I reckon everything as complete loss for the sake of what is so much more valuable to me. I reckon everything that I have before in my life as complete loss for one thing that is most valuable to me. What is that thing? The knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. The knowledge. Clap, 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 clap. Every other thing is rubbish, but the, that I know Christ, the knowledge, is the most precious thing in my life. Paul has left the level of, I believe, to what I know him. Most of us are still believers. You can be in believers level for 100 years, no problem. But you need to upgrade to say, I know him, whom I serve. In verse 10, 8, he said, All I want is to know Christ and the power that resurrected him. All I want to know is to know Christ and that power that resurrected me from grave. All I want. May you be that your portion as from today that you want to know him. And Jesus said, He who seeks shall find. And when you hunger to taste to know him, you will find him. For seven years, I prayed. For seven years, I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm tired of this scriptural knowledge. All this revelational knowledge. I want to be in a higher level. I want to understand mysteries. I've seen prophet Isaiah talking mysteries. I've seen Jeremiah talking mysteries. I've seen Ezekiel talking mysteries. Chariots and angels flying. They have the same brain like me. I want that level. What level is that? Mysteries. For seven years, I was hungering and crying. And in the seventh year, 
you have, you have the, the, that book. Jesus Christ appeared to me continuously for 100 days. Took me to heaven and showed me mysteries. I hungered for it. That I may know more than this. All these books you are writing here. All these books you are writing here. These are just original knowledge. They are, Paul say, I speak, I talk about mysteries. Mysteries are secret things. When Paul came from the third heaven, he said, this is the mystery. He talks about mystery. Peter, John, and James, and Luke never mentioned mystery. But Paul mentioned mysteries. Because things were revealed to him. Isaiah is flesh and blood like you. Ezekiel is flesh and blood like you. But the hunger and thirst to know him. Paul said, I may know him. This is all I value. What are you valuing? Carry Kenny Hagee's book. You carry TGJ's book. That's what you're you hungry for. Hunger to know more. Then it lifts you to higher dimensions and reveals things to you. Ezekiel and Isaiah, they are flesh and blood like you and me. You read Ezekiel. Let me read you as well. Say I hear. If you hear, you should obey. Clap for Jesus, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hunger. Let me read you. Let me read you a counter with Jesus Christ. Seven years I hungered. And the seventh year the Christ came to me. Sent me two angels. They took me to heaven. Did what they called spiritual surgery. Cleaned me up. And for 100 years, Christ, it's in a book. When the Lord visited. I wrote the counter down. Took me to heaven. Don't look at me. I've been to heaven. You want to touch me? You can say heaven is. Amen, somebody. <laughs> the heavens that Isaiah saw, I saw it. I have a glimpse of it. Ezekiel saw. Why? I wanted to know. I wanted to know. Jesus said, He that hunger and taste shall be filled. It's a righteous hunger, it's a blessed hunger. You cannot. You cannot progress above your spiritual knowledge. You cannot progress above your spiritual knowledge. The things that Christ revealed to me is enough to increase my boldness. It's enough to increase my faith. It's enough for me to understand the authority that I'm carrying. Paul said, this is one thing I desire. Of all, I count them as lost, that I may know him. Amen, somebody. The fourth element is patience. Patience is one of the principal virtues a true follower of Christ must have. It is one of the fruit of the Spirit, dispensed by the Holy Ghost. That we all need in our walk with God. If you want to walk with God, you need patience, brother. I'm telling you. If you know you are always in, you are always in the haste, you have no business with God. Everybody say patience. Oh, we fight with it. I know, brothers and sisters, you and me. Patience. 
It's very hard. If you want to have a worthy walk with God, you must have patience. Why? His ways are not your ways. His methods are not your methods. Why we are using your small, minute brain to be calculating or imagining one way. God has over 200 million ways to achieve what he wants to do. Clap for him, clap, clap, clap for him, whatever you are. While you are trying to comprehend and incomprehend and comprehend your brain. What color is this? Okay, what color is your seat? Hmm? Red? You are seeing red. It takes you, if you want to change this color, to do all kinds of scientific agents and chemicals to want to do. If God said, let this be white, instantly it becomes white. So before you go and buy your material and come back, it's already white. <laughs> if God said, let this, be, let, this be, let this be green, it becomes green. Because you're in a hurry, you want it to become green, you go to the market. You go, ask people, you check, go to find color. So you have to be patient with God because his ways are not your ways. And for everything he has, he has, he has will to do, is already done. Whatever God wills to do, is done. Nothing can stop him not to do it. And when the appointed time comes, every power he has is set in motion. Thank you, Jesus. The omnipotent power of God, His sovereign ability, His infinite wisdom, is set in motion to accomplish what He wills. And if God has fixed a time for what He wants to do, your prayer can never make Him to change it. Your fasting can never make Him to change it. So when I see my brothers and sisters, they are fasting for 70 days, they are fasting for 19 days, they want to bribe God and change God to do it quickly on their own time. He won't do it. Why is it so? Because he makes all things beautiful on his own time. And he alone knows when is that time that the things will be beautiful. And lastly, God himself is waiting for that time. Clap, 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 clap. He himself is waiting for the time. Hallelujah, somebody. He himself is what? He's waiting for that time. Because he's long-suffering. You are seeing that thing from one one end. God is seeing that end from 200 ends. The things you don't even know about. So you need patience, brother. He gives you a promise. Surely. Everybody say surely. It will bring it to pass. Whatever promises he has given to you, surely wait. We 
we, we have two people who were in a hurry. You know their story, how they ended up. Sarah. Then Saul. He was in a hurry. So we can't wait for Samuel. He lost his office. He was in a hurry. God has no reason to be in a hurry. He has no reason. Because what he tells you wants to do is already done. The Bible says that those that received for him, he said they waited patiently. With faith and patience, they obtained all that God promised them. Amen, somebody. May we learn patience in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This is an area where we Christians, we struggle a lot in terms of patience. We can't wait. We are getting old. We are getting old. If Abraham knew he would live over 140 years old, why was he in a hurry at 90? But God knew that Abraham would live up to Warren. He would live to see Isaac to have his own wife and children. He knew, but Abraham didn't know. He said, what is, what is happening, God? I'm 90 years old. What's happening? He said, shut up your mouth. You don't know me. He said, you don't know me. Yes, I called you. He said, but from today, walk with me. Um, I will make you perfect. But after Abraham had Isaac, Isaac was there. Ishmael was there. He was alive. He didn't die. He grew and saw them. He saw them married. Why are you thinking that? No, no, no. If it's not now, it's going to be late. How long will you live? Do you know when you're going to live this earth? Why are you in a hurry? You don't know. Oh, that sister has got his, uh, got his, will you die the same day? Mind your business. You have your different templates and different pathway that God has laid for each one of us. Mind your templates. Don't compare yourself with somebody else who has just made it. You may outlive him on this earth. You have long life in Jesus' name. The last element is adjustment. Anyone who wants to walk with God by following Christ must be ready to make adjustments. That is denying himself or herself. And Jesus called us to a life of adjustments. He said in Matthew 10, 37, 38, He who loves his father or mother, wife or husband, above me, is not worthy of me. If you love your life, you love your wife, you love your family, above God, above Jesus, you are not worthy to walk with him. You can't walk with him. And sometimes that God will tell you something to do. You say, what of my wife? I can't do it. What of my children? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Jesus said, he who loves his son or daughter above me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I told you this call, this walk, is a cross-carrying walk. Denying yourself. You want to go far with God, how much can you leave your family? God said, go to Africa for two months. Ah, my, my, my daughter, I will miss them. You are not ready. You can't go far with God. 
Abraham, yes. Leave your father. Leave your mother. Leave your kinsmen. Leave all and follow me. And Abraham obeyed. And today you see, Abraham's blessings are mine. Will you obey like Abraham? You like to claim his blessing. You don't want to claim his obedience. Abraham made adjustments. He was never even sure of where he was even going. Can you take that risk? I love my wife. I can't leave my children. I know God has come into ministry, but I, I, can't, I can't leave my job. God can't deal with you. He leaves you good to somebody else. He has no business with you. He who cannot deny to follow me is not worthy of me. Unfortunately, today, many believers of Christ want him. They want Christ, but they don't want his cross. They don't want the cross. The cross is where we do adjustments in our life for Christ's sake and for the sake of God's kingdom. First is the calling, follow me. And later is take up your cross. This requires the death of our self-love. Self-life, making life adjustments of self-deniers, giving up our life for Christ's sake. How much can you give for Christ's sake? How many years ago, uh, I just came from uh, a tour of the U.S., I went home, and uh, I was blessed with some dollars. And me and my wife, we knelt and prayed, said, Lord God, this, this money you give to us, we want to buy land and build our house. After that prayer in 24 hours, I received a message from Cameroon, another country, that the money I sent for Kusi was not enough. And I wanted extra money. And the exact money they wanted was the exact money I brought from the U.S. The exact money I just paid for land now. Or what they wanted for the crusade. I said to my wife, my wife, I said, Mommy, that money for land they wanted for crusade. He said, give it to them. And we took that money that we wanted to use to buy our first land to build our home. To do crusade in, the, in Cameroon. But today we have houses. God has blessed us with houses. Without any single dime. How many adjustments can you do for the, for the kingdom? It's all about you, your comforts. Then you will remain small in your comfort zone. Your size of cross determines your size of work with God. What cross are you carrying? These are the adjustments I'm talking about. Abraham made that adjustment. Finally, brothers and sisters, let's examine ourselves. Is your work with God in Christ worthy of Him? It's important for we at all times to examine our work with God in Christ. Often because we are confronted with besetting sins. Our flesh our self-love always want to encumber us in our walk with God. We love ourselves so much that we don't want to carry a cross. We don't want to deny ourselves. And Jesus said, such Christian who confess him is not worthy of his walk with him. Can Christ count you as worthy? 
in the work with him. Also because one day we shall all stand individually before God to give account of our walk with God. Bow down your heads, brother. Bow down your heads. It's just time for self-examination. Are you walking? There's a song it's called when we walk in the Lord. Trust and obey. What is your walk? How far are you going with God? What's your measure of faith in your work with God? What's your obedience index in your work with God? Are there areas of your life that you are disobeying? Will you want to ask God to forgive you in those areas? And also repent. Are there assignments that God has called you to do and you are afraid to take a step of faith? Is there anyone here who is having that challenge of faith? You want to do something, but your faith looks weak. Can you come outside? I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Say, Lord God, increase my faith. I want to pray with you. You have such experience. You want to take, undertake something that will give glory to God. But sometimes fear comes. May the spirit of boldness come upon you this night in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Obedience. As God called you to say, do this. And yet you are not doing it. You are not obeying. And yet you were expecting God to bless you. He's not going to bless you. Trust and obey. For there is no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but with trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. But with trust and hope. Is there anyone here that God has called you to make an adjustment for him? Or just he's struggling? Can I pray with you? God bless you, my brother. to me. Are you ready for the calling? Hmm?
Are you aware you have a calling? Hmm? Correct? Yes, sir. Are you ready? I, I too, I run for a while. It's good to run sometimes. Hallelujah, somebody. Brother <laughs> uh, good luck also run. When you are running, you see, prove that your call is genuine. Those who have genuine call, they run. <laughs> and Jeremiah said, mm, not me. They will kill me. But God said, before I formed you flesh and blood, I've already called you a prophet. <laughs> Isaiah said, no, I'm a man of 50 lives. I live among sinful people. He said, no, who will run for us is you who have chosen. Elijah said, no. Jonah ran. But the, few res- the fish rescued him and brought him back to the calling. Trust and obey. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus, but we trust and obey. You can't do it. The only way to do it is just to trust God and to obey. Simple. That's all. That's it, my brother. If you run and run and run and run, he will cause you, he will fetch you out. May you not be like Jonah so that the fish will not swallow you this time. I hope he will bring you out. Amen, somebody. The Bible says, faithful is he who calls. He who calls you is able to equip you, to allocate you with the resources and the grace. For you to do that which he has called you to do. It's not by your power or by your might, but by the power that worketh inside you. Ever say amen. That's what we heard this morning. It's not by you. It's the power that is working inside you. He has called you. You look at yourself. The power to do that assignment is already inside you. That thing you are afraid to do. It's not you that's going to do it. I need to pray for you for healing. Am I correct? Are you sick in your body? Diabetes and high blood pressure. I can see that right now. When we walk in the Lord. Trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. But we trust. Father, I thank you. I speak against every spirit of infirmity, afflicting your body in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I brought pleasure, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. Depart from this body in Jesus' name. 
I come against diabetes, whatever irregularities concerning your sugar measure in your body. Be made whole. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has given us a promised word. And whatever we ask in his name, even as we believe, we shall receive it. Therefore, because we receive healing for you, we believe healing for you, that you have been healed of diabetes. You have been healed of blood pressure. Therefore, we say, Lord, we thank you. We just thank you. Because, oh Lord, this is blessings. is ours. This blessings is yours. This healing is your bread. Take it in the name of Jesus. Take it. The Lord said, will you forgive? And somebody has offended you. Can you forgive the person? You remember the person? Offended you so bad. Sometimes you just remember the person. You remember the person now? Hmm? A long time ago. Yes. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap, 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 clap. Can you say, Lord, because of Christ, I forgive. <laughs> Lord, because of Christ, I forgive today. This is what has been keeping and hindering your healing all these years. Say it again. Lord, because of you, I forgive him today. <laughs> Lord, because of you, I forgive him today. Do you mean it? You actually forgive him today? Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, this is what has been hindering and healing. Unforgiveness, Lord. But today, it's still because of you. Because Apostle Paul said, because of Christ, let us forgive. She has forgiven her husband today. Therefore, I declare your healing is made whole in the name of Jesus. Go and be healed and be free in Jesus' name. Clap, clap for Jesus, somebody, whatever you are. <laughs> Father, I want to thank you, O oh Lord, because you are able to do all things. I thank you. I appreciate you, Lord, that, that they receive the spirit of boldness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, O oh Lord, that the gift that you are giving your daughter, O oh Lord, is be, beyond, beyond that which you can imagine. The gift that God has placed in you, it has to be used for the glory of His name. God has given you a special gift for ministry. A special gift of ministry. You know it yourself. Sometimes you exercise it. Sometimes you don't exercise it. Receive the spirit of boldness today to exercise that gift in Jesus' name. May you receive that same grace of boldness in the name of Jesus. Let the spirit of boldness come upon you. Let the spirit of boldness come upon you to function in your office and your calling appropriately in Jesus' name. Yes, my brother and my friend, today, O oh Lord, not be afraid. Step into your calling. Step into your calling. By the power of the Holy Ghost, God who have called you is able to, 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 to help you, to equip you. It's not because of your qualification. Because he has chosen you before you were born. Therefore, receive that grace and power. Let it work in you. Let that power in you that has been fluctuated, that has been frustrated, become revived today in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now, I want to thank you again for your, your son. I want to bless you. I appreciate you. I thank you, Almighty God. I ask, O oh Lord, 
that every financial insufficiency, every every circle of financial insufficiency be broken in your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You will not labor and labor in vain. You will not work hard and nothing to show for it, O Lord. The Lord will provide for you that you will have sufficiency in all things, O Lord. And the grace leads the point today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Abba Father. I want to bless you, O Lord, that the daughter receive the spirit of boldness to function in that which you have called her to do in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I bless you, Holy Ghost. Take all the glory and honor in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Abba Father, O Lord, your daughter also recognized our ministry, O Lord. Give her the grace to function in this ministry appropriately in Jesus' name. I want to thank you, Father, O Lord, for my brother, O Lord, concerning healing in the mighty name of Jesus, that you will heal my brother from the crown of his head to his feet in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O Lord. And everything that contains to earth issues be solved and be resolved and be completely perfected in your life in Jesus' name. That our affliction will not come back a second time in Jesus' name. But I want to thank you. I want to bless you for your servant that all that the enemies have stolen from you, I ask all that be restored back to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. All that the enemies have stolen from you, I ask, O oh Lord, that the Lord God Almighty who gave the word that I will plunder your plunderers. All those power that has been plundering all God's goodness in you and make you sometimes you look confused, don't know where to go, to turn to the right or turn to the left. But today, O oh Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge we abide with you, we rule and guide you in Jesus' name. I want to thank Almighty Father, O oh Lord, for my sister. O oh Lord, begin to also begin to pray for our own siblings, wherever they are, O oh Lord, this hour, O oh Lord. Those who are members of your family, that touch. Ask, oh Lord, is that true, sister? Yes, my daughter. Mental health. Thank you, Holy. Clap, 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 clap for Jesus. Where's she? Where's she? Where's she? Where's she? My home. Is that your home? Yes. Okay, I'll use it as a counterpoint. See, Lord, it's about, 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 about your siblings. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord God, this hour, oh Lord. What's her name? Lord, we reach joy by faith. Lord, we believe that with you all things are possible. Lord, you said, oh Lord, the centurion said, Lord, you don't need to come to my home. Just speak your word. Because, Lord, I'm a man of authority. And, and my workers, my, my servants will be healed. We speak with faith and power as, as a church together, unity of faith. That joy, let's lift up our hand of faith to joy, whatever joy is at this moment. That, Lord God, tonight you will visit joy and she will be healed of our mental affliction. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke every spirit of mental affliction to depart from her. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit of confusion of mind to depart from her. In the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Ghost, go and meet her wherever she is, O oh Lord. Let her wake up, Lord, and become normal, and become wise, and become reasonable. Let all our mind be restored back in the name of Jesus Christ. We command that evil power that have arrested our mind to live in the name of Jesus Christ. To live her. To live in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, I thank you. I appreciate you, O oh Lord. That this will be the anxiety and worry of your daughter all this time, O oh Lord. But today, O oh Lord, your joy is full. And so it shall be. And let it sense the amen. I want to thank you. I want to appreciate you for your daughter. 
I give all the praise and honor, O oh Lord, for that which you have asked you, O oh Lord. You have asked you of many things, Father God. I want to thank you, Lord, that those, those things you have asked you of for privately, you will answer her publicly in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you say, O oh Lord, your desire and your expectation, those things, Lord, shall not be caught forth in Jesus' name. The things you have asked me, Lord, say, be patient. They shall become reality. And they shall soon become reality. I have answered your prayer. They are not too hard for me to do. You will see it. You will see it with your eyes. And you shall testify of my goodness in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to thank God who is blessing you with your new car. I want to appreciate you for the new car you'll be asking for. Is that true? A new car? Yeah, the same thing. That will happen. What are you asking for? It will be given to you. Amen. Receive it. Thanksgiving. Uh, is able to do beyond and above that which what you ask and believe. So you can be asking for one. He's giving you another one. He said we'll give you a new thing. So have faith to believe the beyond and above I can do for you. God bless you, my daughter. Hallelujah. God bless you, ma. I want to thank God for a long life for you. The Lord said, don't be afraid. With long life, I've satisfied you. And your expectations shall not be cut off in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to pray for healing for you. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I command every infirmity afflicting your body to leave you now in Jesus' name. That the resurrection power that resurrects Christ from the grace come upon you at this moment. Receive it. It comes like a flowing water out of your belly. It flows. Receive it in your belly. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Abba Father. I want to thank you for your servant, O Lord, which you have also called into ministry, O Lord. Let that become a reality in Jesus' name. Everything you are giving our Lord to function, even since the day you have called her, O Lord Jehovah God, anything that the devil wants to do to destroy that which God is going to do, O Lord. Every wicked plan of the enemy to steal God's goodness in your life will frustrate those plans in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. All that you have labored and believed God for that is not coming to reality today, I declare, O Lord, and let the healing power flow from you, from the crown of your head to your feet. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. I want to bless you, Almighty God. I give you all praise, O Lord, that that which your son has been asking for you, give it to him in Jesus' name. That the spirit of boldness come to you, O Lord. I hear, I hear missions for you. Missions, 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 missions. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready, brother? Yes. Is, is it new to you? Is it new to you? No. No. This is a confirmation. Missions. Clap, 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 clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ready to go. It's time to go. It's time to go for missions. He who has called you is faithful and is able to do it. I want to see you be like me going all over the world very soon, very soon. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you, sir. I want to thank you, Father God. I want to bless you for your servant. I want to bless you. I use you as a contact point to reach your family. Wherever they are, O oh Lord. You'll be praying for some payments of your family. And may God touch them wherever they are at this moment, O oh Lord. Your siblings, God will heal them and grant them the desire which you wish them in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord said that you should not be afraid. That which you also ask for him, he has done it. And you will have cause to rejoice. But I see you, O oh Lord, going in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a new assignment outside this state. Something is going to move you outside the state very, very soon. Whether it is business or I don't know, but it is a relocation 
that's going to happen. It's of God. When the time comes, just go into it and obey and go. God has gone ahead of you already. Mark my word, it shall be relocation. You are going to relocate from where you are now to a different, a, 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 a different destination. God has gone ahead of you to prepare that place for you. And He will use you mightily there for His glory and for His honor. And so it shall be in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was a powerful word. I love our brother so much. Brother Fabian. Amen. And as the word was going forth, my wife says, Oh no, we want him here. As you know. Wherever you go, that's the Ark Fellowship is going with you. That's another branch for us. Amen. So we're still together. <laughs> then I can travel a little bit. Okay. <laughs> we thank God. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate your family. This is wonderful. Angel of, can you give me my Bible? Yeah. This has been really wonderful. A lot of words for us. We are truly in the last days. And uh, our devotion to God is so important. People are so concerned about what others think. You don't want to go there. It's a walk between you and your God. And that's my prayer for every one of you, not just for church, but that you will know him personally. If you do, our work becomes easy because you'll be doing things to help the work of God without me talking to you. You are in it. The Holy Spirit connects everything. And then we walk together. So the message is highly appreciated. But God has spoken to us. It's an amazing thing. I want to know Him. I want to know Him more. No one has arrived. There's more to know about God. And thank God you're here tonight. I would that the whole church is here. And hear the word of God. You take the temperature of what God is doing in our midst. And it's sad because you can't make anybody do anything. You can't. They just do whatever they want to do. And I found they don't know God. They don't know Him. They may have the title. They still don't know Him. When you get to the place where you know Him, what people think doesn't matter much. Is, is what Jesus is asking you to do. And I can see the devotion in your life. It's so important. And we're not here to please anybody. To please Him. To please Him. And I'm very thankful to God for, for your life. And uh, for God bringing you into our life. 
and uh, we thank God so much. There are dreams that God will fulfill in our lives and in our church. I told, uh, uh, I didn't say anything before he said that, but for weeks now I've been praying to God about the building. Don't know why, I just will not quit. I can see it. I'm praying that I will begin to walk the aisles of this building pretty soon. I'm not quite there yet. I just see the outside of it. <laughs> and, then, and I'm praying for it. And I did talk to my wife about that. People die and they leave houses and stuff. I'm not too interested in that. I want to have a place of worship that I contributed the little to. And when I'm gone, there are people worshiping God out of that place. That's all I desire. People worshiping God out of that place. That's better than having 50 houses all over the place in my mind. That's, that's all I want. Leaving something behind where they are calling on the name of my God. Even after I am gone, if Jesus tarries, then I've really made it. Then I've really made it. If we will open our hearts and be ready to just let it go, let the money go. You leave everything here behind. Let it go for the kingdom of God. No hesitation. He has tomorrow. He owns tomorrow. He is my tomorrow. And I can rest in that. Remember the scripture? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are safe. And then in Psalm 32, He is my hiding place. I like that scripture. That's where I go to hide devil can be running around. I'm right there. He can see me. I'm hiding in this in his name. Amen. Amen. No preaching more, Pastor. No. <laughs> We're gonna take an offering for uh evangelists. I like evangelist John. You know, he told me years ago, I only do what God he said. People want to build churches. They want if you go back to Africa, everyone the conventional wisdom, build the church so you can get the offering and you can keep doing this and forget this crusade stuff. He said, I'm not building a church and I'm glad that's the way the spirit of God works. My wife was asking me today, what church does he go to? I said, I don't know. I don't ask. I trust him. And then you spoke it out tonight <laughs> because that's the way it works. Even though you are a man of God, you still have a pastor. That's just the way it works. I shared with you here before, as we get ready to receive, uh, T.L. Osborne is his mentor. I've never met the man most but once. He is my mentor from his books. I know you talk about his books. I read about him, everything about him. That's all I, I know him. And finally, I met him. But uh, one pastor in uh, Oklahoma, uh, Tulsa, we... He came from here, actually, his wife. We went there. I went there to preach. And he said, I want to show you where T.L. Osborne goes to church. And I said, really? Let's go. 
and we went there. Uh, no, he said Ladona, the daughter. So I went there to see the place. And he said, uh, Pastor, good luck. I have something to tell you. He said, we came in one day. Listen to this now. We came in one day uh, to, to see Ladona's church. Yes, we have been there. And uh, there was a man standing there. He had this uh, stuff on his head, usher. And he, he welcomed them. Welcome to our church. You will love our pastor. This is a wonderful church. And they looked at him curiously. I said, oh, I said, let me take you to your seat. And then he walked them to their seat and they sat down. And then he went back to welcome other visitors. And they kept looking at him, my friends from Africa. That looks like T.L. Osborne. How come he's an usher? But he looks so much, maybe he just looks like him. So they went to the fellow and they said, Sir, are you T.L. Osborne? He said, Yeah. And they went, Oh my God. <laughs> He's an usher in the church. Serving. Amen. That's what Christianity is all about. Amen. Let me read this scripture. Uh, just in connection with what we said in the morning, uh, Galatians 6. Verse 6. It says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Can I hear an amen? amen? Yes. In all good things. And believe me, the dollar is a good thing. <laughs> Don't laugh too much, but it's a good thing. How many ready to share with the teacher of the word tonight? How many got much from what was spoken tonight? I did. I had a lot. Man, my full plate. Uh, I'm going to get a recording. I'll probably go back to my office and listen through again. I need some great conviction, okay? <laughs> Let it go through. So we're sharing the good things with the man of God tonight. Amen. Would you raise that up? Let's worship God. Father, we worship you and thank you for the words that you've spoken to us. God, I believe that when you said to that woman, go and sin no more, the power to obey went into her life. And I believe because of the words we've heard today, the power of obedience, understanding, adjustment, knowledge, all of that, all of those have come into our hearts today. And we are grateful. And with our offering, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you as you give.